¿Querés café? Tengo ocho, mamá. ¿Sí? Tenemos abundante azúcar. Iris reportándose. ¿No te da miedo estar solo acá? No, qué miedo. Cuando casi este botón, no sé más. ¿Ves esa cámara acá de allá? Acá te veo. Tranquila, no demores. Ya vení. ¿Juga? Hola Mimi, nos va a ayudar a traer a Raúl. Está siendo cruel. Si te estuviera enferma, que vos la abandonarías. ¿Qué dijiste? ¿Cuándo te dije no? And welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. This is Mike, and joining me as always is Mr. Venom. What's up, Venom? How are you? Greetings and salutations, uncontrollable maniacs. Um, I'm doing pretty well, Mike. How the hell is this Monday treating you? It's treating the uncontrollable maniacs good, I hope. <laughs> I'm more of a controllable maniac, you know. That's boring. Maybe. Maybe, oh, you know, once it hits midnight, a little uncontrollableness takes over. But for the most part, if I'm on the clock, I guess I'm controllable. Yeah, boring. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also with us, it's Don and Ellie. What's up, Don? Yo, what's going on? Yeah, uh, Trying to uh, control these urges, but uh, they're only lasting for 30 seconds. I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And back for another episode you should all be familiar with him. It's Derek. What's up, Derek? Yo, what's going on, Michael? Oh, man. Not a whole lot. Just another typical busy Monday. But uh, we're here for fresh cuts like usual. So let's get into it. We are talking about a movie that hit Shudder a couple weeks ago. It just happened to come out on a week where we either already had something planned or theatrical. I don't even remember at this point. Um, but uh, it's called Virus 32, billed as a Shutter original. Of course, that probably just means they bought the rights. I don't think they made it. And this is it lists um, Argentina and Uruguay as a country of origin. I I was. I looked up the, the not the synopsis on IMDb, but somewhere else where it listed like the city. Maybe it was just an office on Shutter itself, and it listed yeah, the on city. Shutter. Okay, yeah, I looked up, and I was curious because it sounded like you know Spanish of 
some kind of descent or South American, and it it turns out that the city listed, I think it was like Montevideo or something like that. Montevideo. Montevideo. Yeah. Um, much better pronounced by <laughs> Venom there. It uh, is the capital of Uruguay, I think. I don't, I don't, actually, I don't know if it's the capital, it's just a city in Uruguay. So I was like, all right. So that kind of identified a little bit regionally for me. So I'll take the, uh, I guess, synopsis off IMDb. Awesome. A, rapid, a rapid spreading virus which transforms people into intelligent, ultraviolet, extra fast zombie hunters. They should have left the hunt word hunters off. But uh, after each wave of attack by the monsters, they're left incapacitated for 32 seconds while they recover their strength. So uh, will that play into the movie? I would guess so. But uh, we'll get, it seems like a point to make that as part of the virus. But uh, we'll get into more of that later. So let's start with our general thoughts. Virus 32, Venom, kick it off. All right. Well, this this movie has the unfortunate um, distinction of being watched after the sadness. And I think if you watch this movie after the sadness, you're not going to enjoy it as much. Now, I know I'm bringing up a movie that we have yet to review on this show. Um, uh, it gets its U.S. release actually this coming week, I believe, um, Thursday or Friday. It drops on Shutter finally. Um, uh, well, so I think that would be Thursday. Thursday. OK, so. Uh, most of us on this program have already seen it as the German um, 4K Blu-ray has been out for over a month now. Uh, I know Don and myself and Mike uh, all have it, or at the very least, Mike and I. Um, a movie that was released uh, last year in, in its native country, but obviously, you know, we're getting a release this year. So uh, why am I? <laughs> I shouldn't talk so much about the sadness. That's next week's episode. So let me just shut the hell up about that. But let's just say um, this movie has a lot of similar points to the sadness, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, an undescribed virus kind of converting people into uncontrollable maniacs. If you want to call them zombies, you're welcome to. I tend to call them infected as they are not reanimated corpses. Yes, I am one of those douchebags that doesn't like 28 Days Later being called a zombie movie. I understand why it is, and I'm not going to argue with anybody, but I'm one of those Romero purists. So aside from that, this is a very well-made movie. Um, you can see its technical aspects, um, its cinematography. It's got a pretty good score. Um, it's actually got a great score now that I think about it. It has some really cool songs in the film, um, you know, uh, stuff like Baby Metal and um, what was the other song? Oh, there was a Queen song in there, too, I believe, which was really cool. Um, you know, like I said, your basic, you know, in, infected horde movie, you know, it's the beginning of the virus outbreak. You know, you, you see people kind of how they're dealing with it. Obviously, you know, this is we're, we're not getting any kind of explanation. In fact, we get very little explanation as to what actually is happening. Just we know that there is a virus and that if you catch said airborne virus, you turn into just an uncontrollable maniac. As I'm watching this film, because this film is actually a 2022 film, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, man, did somebody in Argentina see the sadness last year? And just decide to kind of do their own version of it because, like I said, it feels a lot like it at multiple points. Even specific plot points in the film feel like they're lifted from the sadness. 
Um, but I don't want to shit on this movie by any stretch. It's still a decent movie. It's a little bit slow for a zombie slash infected movie. It's a little slow, a little lacking in the blood and the gore and the action set pieces. We get some cool set pieces here and there. I actually thought the opening credit sequence was really cool, which actually shows literally the beginning of the virus. And it's basically a drone shot. Um, flying around a city very similar to the vampire attack in 30 days of night where it's an overhead shot and just kind of looking down at everything that's happening um, same thing with this we see an overhead drone shot just seeing you know some people walking on their way to work completely oblivious to what's about to happen and then you'll turn a corner and then you'll see like two random people running chasing another person something like that so I thought it was a really cool little sequence um, the the movie's imperfect in general. It's a, it's a well-made movie. It's good. I've already talked about some of the areas where it's lacking. Um, you know, dialogue-wise, it's not exceptional. Um, you know, this is a, this is a Spanish film, and you, you guys know how I have my bias towards Spanish language horror. But even this one, you know, like I said, it has the dubious distinction of coming, you know, after a uh, a movie that's, you know, once people see it, I think are, you know, really going to gravitate towards that as opposed to this one. But if you're into slower paced zombie slash infected films, um, especially when they don't have much of a resolution, uh, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of hate the ending of this movie. It's not necessarily how the ending played out. It's just the fact that that's the ending they went with. Um, you know, for, for a, uh, once again, for a zombie slash infected movie, it was an odd choice on their part. Um, I, I do understand why they kind of went there, but it, it just kind of seems like really odd that suddenly the movie ends here. Um, we'll talk about that, obviously, in the spoiler section. But all in all, I did enjoy the movie. I don't want to make it sound like I'm being too negative. Um, but like I said, ultimately, this movie has the distinction of coming after the sadness. And I think, you know, like I said, it, it's it's unfortunate because I think if I would have seen this movie first, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. I would have praised a little bit more of its action. But, you know, when you see something, you know, like what we're going to review next week, this one just... And I kind of even named this episode The Sadness Now with Zero Sugar because that's how it came off to me. It's the sadness light. I'll leave my general thoughts at that. Okay. Let's go over to Don. What are your general thoughts? I'm pretty similar with Venom. Um, I, I do see a lot of uh, the similarities between this and sadness. Uh, you know, uncontrollable virus outbreak. You know, people stuck in a location trying to, you know, survive against the creatures. Um, a lot of the, you know, the other points, uh, you know, again, not worth uh, bringing up in the non-spoiler section, but it, it plays off very, very much like it. Uh, not sure how that would work timeline-wise, just based on, you know, when the sadness came out versus when this came out. I mean, I don't know South American release, so I don't know for mm -hmm. sure. But, yeah, um, it, it, they do play pretty similar, which could be a coincidence or it could just be, uh, you know, a direct influence because, you know, I, again, I, I don't know the timeline between sadnesses, you know, released down in Uruguay versus, you know, when this would have been, uh, when he would have seen it, when he would have put the idea into motion, when he would have gotten the funding, and then when he would have shot the film. It, it just feels like a little, it just feels kind of like a weird kind of coincidence thing that they're just, they just so happen to be similar ideas at a similar time. But mm -hmm. uh, beyond that, uh, 
it doesn't do anything extraordinarily well, but it is pretty cool. Um, I, I do love, I, I will say this. I love the concept of how it plays the 30, the virus 32 into its title. I, I do mm-hmm. like the way that that comes off. It comes off, uh, you know, like, I, I guess like, like a, a dose of uh, creativity and uniqueness to it that you don't necessarily see too often. Like they're actually trying to do something different with um, how it, you know, they're, they're trying to do something different with the concept. Mm-hmm. That said, uh, one of my biggest issues is just how flimsy and how lame in general they find that fact out. <laughs> um, the whole idea of how they do that is one of the stupidest and most absolutely asinine ways I've ever seen it seen it play out. Um, how they how they realize this fact about um, the virus and all of that—it's uh, just absolutely lame. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the ending is a little bit of a weak point. Um, I feel like it kind of could have gone, uh, you know, several different directions, and they went with uh, the schmaltziest one, which uh, I, I'm kind of starting to lead towards uh, Venom's more, um, you know, bleaker zombie film endings. Uh, that one, it, the one that they chose here, it just it didn't really resonate as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, in, in general. It's not a bad film. Um, it's not necessarily a great one either. It's kind of middle of the road, but it's just like, like Venom said, it's just unfortunately overshadowed by just the fact that the sadness did this and did this ten times better on what looked like an equi- like a, an equivalent budget. I mean, they look pretty similar, and something we'll talk about next week, but. The fact that you see that one and you see this one and you see what they kind of did with the uh, similar results and uh, the execution is uh, 10 times better just kind of makes this one fall just a little bit. It's still watchable. It's still enjoyable. Um, I, I still see a lot of people having fun with this one, but I think this one's going to get shut aside and uh, sadness is going to take its reins once uh, people see what that one's like when it uh, comes out Friday so or Thursday. But um, yeah, uh, overall thoughts, uh, enjoyable, watchable, but um, I got a feeling this is going to get lost in the shuffle just because it's unfortunately kind of generic in certain ways that uh, just kind of render it just, you know, another brick on the road, essentially. All right, uh, let's go over to Derek for general thoughts. What did you think? Yeah, for somebody who has actually never seen the sadness yet. <laughs> You know, and uh, you know, this story's actually been done a few different fucking times in other movies. <laughs> Even like the French movie, The Hordes, kind of like this movie. You know, and uh, yeah, it, it's kind of generic. I'll admit the story's been done, but you know, there were some sequences I did enjoy in this movie. Like there's a sequence that involves a pool. Mm-hmm. With some orange smoke, that's all I'll give away. But yo, that you know, I never seen that because it added like this orange tinge to the film. And you know, I always I'm used to seeing like blues and reds and other and greens usually, and orange was never used. And I kind of really dug that use of color there that made this scene a little bit better. Uh, the characters, for the most part, I really I, I like the interactions between like. Uh, the main girl and the the crazy fucking dude that she meets later, <laughs> uh, who I actually recognize from another Argentinian zombie movie, Phase Seven. 
he was the main guy in that movie. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, it, it's been done, and it actually, uh, I'll, I'll bring it up when we get into more spoilers. But, uh, but uh, yeah, the ending, yeah, I was, I kind of saw why they ended that way, but I can see why people wouldn't like that ending either, if that makes sense. It's kind of like that thing where, you know, you see, like, this woman has a lot of fucking... I can see it ending down, but, you know, sometimes with these movies, I'm like, I don't always need zombie movies to end down. You know, even, like, fucking uh, Day of the... or Infected movies, even, like, 28 Days Later ended with a fucking happy end. Like, <laughs> you know? Like, fucking... <laughs> but it's whatever, you know? I'll take it for a grain of salt. Is it watchable? Yes. Did I hate myself watching it? No. Is everyone going to love it? Maybe not. I don't know. But overall, I I, had, I was okay with it. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, as far as I go, I, I liked it, you know, uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Obviously, trying to compare it to the sadness is... You know, I'm trying not to go down that road because I did see the sadness recently, too. That's just on a whole level by itself. I think this one takes a lot of cues from a movie like 28 Days Later. Like, as I was watching it, I was like, man, they could have named this like Rage Virus Comes to Uruguay or something because it it definitely felt uh, similar in a lot lot of ways. Uh, I I did like um, the pool sequence. Derek was referring to. I also liked the there was a locker room sequence I thought was pretty cool, and I did like her encounter with someone in that facility, um, the kind of cat and mouse game they were playing and what was going on. Um, although I, you know, I, I think this is another one of those movies where a lot of story elements in it you will if you're familiar with the genre, you know you'll recognize them from other movies um i think if anything this movie does a lot of individual things well a lot of individual sequences scenes side parts to it um but just as a as a movie overall it's okay it's i i liked it probably i'm more along the lines of Derek. uh but it sounds like we all liked it to a certain extent. Like no. I, I don't think anyone here disliked it. I just think me and Derek maybe liked it a little bit more. But other than that, I, you know, I uh, I was fine with it. I mean, considering like what we've been watching lately on Shutter, I think this is one of the better ones that oh, they yeah. dropped. <laughs> oh yeah, this, this, yeah this is ten times least. better than Death Valley. Oh God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of like Death Valley, but um, I was the outlier on that show. Yeah, I like the creature. I wasn't a big fan of the movie. Yeah, it was it was like a low skill Doom. <laughs> yes. Well, I like yeah, that. I, I, Doom, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love. Yeah. Hey, I love Doom's I, a guilty pleasure. That's another show, though. Yeah. <laughs> I actually watched this the same night I watched uh, the Cellar, which is to yeah. me the Cellar is like another similar thing where it's like it feels like uh, every another movie retelling of the same thing you've seen a hundred times. So that would, that would have been interesting because I utterly love the seller. Um, th- if we were doing a top ten um, of the year, seller would be on my top ten of the year. I loved it. Well, um, so 
Yeah, I gotta watch it. Damn, I didn't watch it yet, so yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah, I, I love the seller. I thought that one was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I, I will admit my one flaw is that it is kind of generic, but I, I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I just thought, yeah, I mean, I didn't really think it was a bad movie. I just, I, I didn't love it. I'll say that much. I just thought but, it was weird that the girl next door was an Irish movie. <laughs> Yeah, so this it was nice to see her back because it seemed like for a while she was gonna be like the next it girl and just mm-hmm. disappeared. Yeah, didn't she, the uh, last movie she disappeared in was Captivity? That masterpiece. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I think so. Um, that came out after House of Wax, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty I sure. Thought, yeah. I, I I thought so because I always get those two mixed up. Ratings on the the seller. <laughs> I, I would have given Jeez. it a nine. Oh wow. I would have given it a nine. So. Well, now I have to watch it. Uh, yeah, now I gotta watch it now too. Right. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> my list. Yeah, but I gave Sharknado a ten. So what does my ratings matter? Hey, I gave I gave Sharknado a nine. I don't care. I gave yeah, Beast but I'm versus the, Monster of nine point five. Yeah, but oh, I'm talking like a legitimate it. rating. I'm not talking like a shit rating. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I know. A shit rating for me. I love Sharknado unapologetically. Why did we you? That's why I gave it a ten. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Back to our film. Back yeah. to the asylum. No, I'm just kidding. No. Yeah, um, I think the whole, you know, 32 second of incapacitation after attack. Spoiler. It, it see, <laughs> well, I think we kind of already mentioned it, didn't no, we? No, we didn't. No, but, sir, we did not. <laughs> are you sure? Maybe it was no. before we started recording. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Don yeah. was careful not to say anything. All right. Yeah, well, the, the title of the movie is Virus 32. So there. It's, sorry. You got spoiled. Whatever. Um. I, I think it sets up some. Uh, it sets up a good sequence, I guess. I mean, there's a sequence where it really comes into play. I don't even think for most of the movie it it matters so much. But well, there is one yeah. sequence. Like I'm saying, there is like one or two sequences that kind of like it, like it was leading to earlier that yeah. give away the idea, but it's never really executed until the end. So yeah. I like the of, concept of it, like, you know, what the 32 represents. Oh, but it, it it makes for some cool tension, but it also makes for some incredibly frustrating scenes. Like, w- when they did it the second time with the daughter, I'm literally yelling at my fucking television. And I don't like having to yell at my television because people on the screen are being stupid. And, you know, it, it's like, you know this, you, you know, you know what is going on. You know how much time you have. Yeah, let's dilly-dally. Let's fuck around a little bit. Let's sneak through this hallway. It's like, no, what is wrong with you? So, yeah, it, it's a cool plot point, but it definitely set up a little bit of frustration on my part. <laughs> and, that yeah. poor, and that poor cat. Oh, dude, I, I can never let my wife watch this movie now. <laughs> that that was one of the that was one of the most hardcore animal deaths I've seen on screen, and and you still don't technically see it. I mean, you see bits and pieces of it. They did a really good job editing it, I thought, so that you don't actually get to see the hits, the actual contact. But the the way that they were cutting it, oh, it is very like brutal. Yeah, I don't think Matt will be able to watch this because he's a cat owner. I mean, I may never watch this again because of that scene. I mean, like I said, that was a brutal, intense animal death that was almost unnecessary, as cool as it was, because I will absolutely admit it, that was cool as shit to watch, you know, from a guilty pleasure standpoint. But yeah, as an animal lover, that was rough. That was really rough. 
I was a shock. My mouth just dropped. Like, what? Yeah, a little bit. Poor Mr. Pigglesworth. <laughs> oh, he's yeah, he he pretty vicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I get. I guess to wrap up, I, I thought the movie was fine. Not, not great. Not bad. It, it's fine. Yeah, but if you're scroll like for me personally, if you're scrolling to like the featured section on Shutter for 2022, this is probably one of the better ones, at least right now, to choose from. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. Depending on how many other ones you've seen, if you're like <laughs> worried about having to take a, a chance on something else, I would say it's worth that much at least. So that's mm-hmm. good for me for general thoughts on me. Yeah, I mean, the movie, I, I don't want to make it sound like I dislike the movie. I definitely enjoyed a lot of it. There, I agree with the, some of the set pieces that have already been talked about, the pool scene, the basement scene, um, the, you know, the, the, or the cellar scene, whatever you want to go with. Um, you know, there, there's multiple great set pieces in here. Overall, this is a really, really good movie. It really is. I mean, legitimately a good film. Um is it the most exciting zombie film out there? Probably not, which is why I'm saying that, you know, if you're a fan of like the over the top violent, you know, zombie slash horde movies like, you know, an army of the dead or something like that, this one may not satisfy you because there's not a whole lot of death for a zombie movie. There's not a whole lot of killing. Um, Definitely not a lot of human death in this one. You know, you get, you know, some zombie kills obviously here and there, but for the most part, I mean, it's, it's a small, group that we're following i mean it's like two three four people at the most at any point i think yeah we're following in this movie and which which makes it very it gives it that sense of isolation as opposed to being like you know an army of the dead where you've got like a dozen you know robbers with military training trying to go through this these are all just normal people you know working security at you know some uh like boys and girls club type place type facility and um, so it makes for some pretty good tension, especially early on, like when that first um, infected gets into the building, it makes for a very tense scene. Um, so the movie has a lot going for it. Like I said, I just don't think it's going to satisfy the gorehounds, um, especially when that's kind of what you expect from a zombie movie. We expect flesh to be rend from bones. We expect organs and intestines to be ripped out that's just kind of what we expect unless it's like some kind of art house zombie film which this absolutely is not like the night eats the world or something like that yeah something like that yeah exactly if, if it's a it's a movie with a major narrative that's got like a lot of subtext that's okay that's acceptable something like the cured i thought the cured was like that as well um but most people going into a zombie movie they're looking for death destruction apocalyptic scenarios blah 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 and ultimately, this movie may not satisfy that um, need. So just go into it with a little bit of grain of salt, zombie fans. If you are a fan of those, you know, over-the-top, ultra-action-y, ultra-violent zombie films, this isn't the one for you. But it's still very enjoyable if you are a fan of the subgenre, which I am. I am solidly a zombie movie fan. I still enjoyed this movie. Uh, I still think it's really good. I still think there's some good performances in here. Um, some decent writing, some good plot points. Like I said, there's some frustrating moments later in the film. And even early in the film, there's one or two of my pet peeves that, again, I will go over with everyone. But overall, just a really good movie. Just solid, well worth your time. If you can handle the subtitles, you know, if you're not averse to watching foreign horror there, and you've got a Shutter account or access to one, yeah, there's no reason not to check this out. 
But do it now because uh, the sadness comes out Thursday, and I think that's all we're going to be talking about for a little while after that comes out. I got a feeling Virus 32 is going to be left in the dust. So let's talk about it now. (laughs) Another one bites the dust. Let's do it. All right, folks, so that's your final uh, spoiler warning. Um, It's a zombie movie. I don't know how spoilery we can really get other than, you know, a couple of plot points here and there and the specific reason for the title, Virus 32. So let's get into it. Our movie opens up with a quick cold open of an old couple. We see an old woman uh, go to feed her bird. We see, and this is all, this scene is all one long shot. It's one of those dolly shots. Um, she grabs the empty food bowl out of the bird's cage and the bird is in the cage. She walks over to the kitchen, puts some food in the plate, walks back to the bird cage, which is literally right there at the kitchen entrance and the bird is gone and the door in the cage is open. What could have happened? So she goes around looking, she's calling out to her husband who's in the living room. And finally, when the camera pans over to the living room, we see the husband sitting in his favorite chair with a glazed over look on his face. He's got blood coming from his mouth and he is holding the bird that we just saw alive in the cage. It's very obviously dead. It's crushed. But the the guy doesn't like react. He doesn't like react to his, his wife coming into the room. There is an explanation for that, which we'll get to later on. So at this point, the camera pans outside of the apartment and the opening credits start. And this is where we get the cool drone sequence I was talking about, where we've got a drone flying around um, different parts of Montevideo. Uh, and we see, like I said, we see things slowly start to turn. We, you know, at first we see people, like I said, walking to work, just going about their everyday activities. But then suddenly you'll see one person like running away, like running out of a building. And then suddenly we'll turn another corner and we'll see like multiple people chasing down, you know, one person for some reason. And at yeah. this point, we kind of know what kind of movie we're in for. Yeah, and cars crashing into cars and shit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, great, great little car accident. Uh, ambulance crashing into a building. That was pretty cool. Um, and and that's pretty much the end of our cold open. At this point, we are introduced to, oh, what's our main character's name? I forgot. Iris. Iris, Iris. thank you. Uh, We are introduced to Iris. She is um, at her friend's apartment. I I can only assume it's her friend's apartment because we do find out later that she is married. Um, Potentially separated. Uh, Again, we don't get any real explanation, but for some reason, you know, she's not with her husband on the morning on a work day and her kid is also not with her. So there's got to be some kind of custody there. Anyway, point is, um, Iris is a security guard at a, like, boys and girls club, you know, one of those places that has, like, basketball courts and swimming pools and just all sorts of activities for kids and families. Um, she is, of course, late to work because she had she got into an argument with her husband about having to take care of her daughter, uh, Miriam, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um So basically, uh, dad shows up with a daughter in tow, telling Iris that she needs to take care of her today because he has something important to do. She informs him, I'm working today. And and the husband kind of looks at her and says, really, you're working today? And looks at her weird. No explanation as to why it's odd that she's working today. Once again, we will find out here in a little bit. Um, And she ends up, you know, relenting and taking her daughter 
She promises her husband, I won't take her to work with me. But what does she do? As soon as the husband's out of sight, she takes her daughter to work with her. Um, basically, you know, like I said, it's like this big boys club type uh, area. She ends up leaving her daughter in a abandoned like basketball court that's, you know, got water on the floor. It looks like it's been flooded. Um, why she chose this room to leave her daughter while she goes to do her rounds is beyond me. Uh, but what do we see mom doing as soon as she leaves her daughter alone? She's smoking a joint. Yeah. So already we've established great parenthood and um, more than likely a wonderful future for this little girl. Hint, hint. Anyway. Um, of course, as mom is smoking her joint, she starts to hear noises. She starts looking out the window and she sees uh, one man attack another Um from her vantage point, she's too far away to be able to tell that there's anything wrong with either of the individuals. All she sees is one guy beat the shit out of another guy. And then the one guy who did the beating falls to his knees for, you know, some time and just kind of sits there uh, quietly. That uh, She's not sure what's going on. But then she realizes that there is something going on outside. There is some kind of epidemic. She notices... Um, she notices more people, more kind of uncontrollable, wild people out there running around. She at one point, she looks outside and she sees her buddy, the outside security guard. She's the inside security guard inside the building. Uh, she ends up looking outside to the outside security guard and realizes that he has been killed. And there is and the perpetrator is basically standing above his body, just staring down at him. You know, once again, you know, kind of an odd situation, but there it is. Um, she realizes that someone is in the building. Um, she's not sure how, but somewhere in the building, a window was left open and we see through a security camera that a infected individual gets in there. Only one. It's not entire horde, at least not yet. Hint, hint. Um, <clears throat> and then we just get, you know, various set pieces here and there with zombie attacks um, we, we have one main infected antagonist in the movie. This is one of the this is one of the major similarities with the sadness that I couldn't really talk about in the spoiler free section. The sadness has one major antagonist that's followed throughout the film. This movie has the same thing uh, there. You know, even though it's a horde of infected out there, there is one particular one. And it's this one who got into the building first who becomes like our big bad of the film, if you will, even though there are other infected that slowly start to trickle into the building. Uh, she ends up finding a, a gentleman who is also walking around the building. He's trying to hide out from the infected. This person, um, I forget his name. Oh, Luis. Yeah, Luis. Um, there's only like four people in this movie. I can't believe I forgot names, but yeah, there it is. Um <clears throat> So Luis uh, or Luis in, in Argentina decides uh, basically lets her know that he was able to figure something out. He was able to figure out that the infected can't swim. So there's a scene where he actually pushes her into a pool looking at first. It looks like he's attacking her, um, but then he pushes her into the pool. The infected who's chasing her follows her into the pool. Then we see Luis jump into the pool, grab um iris and basically tells her to calm down just calm down and then look at the zombie now this is all happening underwater 
He's basically, you know, doing the universal hand motions to calm down. And then he points at the infected. And what we see is the infected, you know, struggling to try to get to his victim. But then after a while, his movements slow and then he just stops moving altogether. And of course, that makes sense, because, again, these are not zombies. These are actually living people with a virus. Obviously, the the virus makes them, you know, wild and they don't think about the swim lessons they got when they were eight. And as soon as they get into water, they just flail wildly until they drown. So, you know, it's kind of a cool way to get out of it. So, of course, uh, Luis and Iris start to hatch a plan to try to get to the marina, to try to get a boat and just kind of wait it out, out on the water. Again, we've seen many zombie movies do this before. Um, and uh, this whole time, though, Iris, um, Iris is looking for her daughter and Luis knows where she is. And Luis basically says, your daughter's safe. As soon as you help me take care of something, I will take you to where she is. Now, obviously, that's, you know, very dubious. I mean, <laughs> you've got this big burly guy telling this little petite redhead, you know, your daughter's fine, but you need to help me do this thing first. And what is it that Iris needs to help Luis do? He needs to help his wife give birth. Uh, yes, Luis's wife is very pregnant in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, and they need to, and she is basically in labor and has to give birth. Now, um, Iris agrees, and they go to start walking back to the room where Luis locked his wife up to keep her safe. And lo and behold, she's a goddamn infected. Yes, she is basically tied to a wheelchair, and she's completely gone. Her eyes are completely red. Her teeth have mutated. She is just. 100% infected, but of course, Luis plays the loving husband. I, it's kind of hard to buy it, considering the way Luis kind of treats Iris when they first meet. Um, and and ladies, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir here by saying this, but anytime a guy tells you that he's a good guy, he's 100% not a good guy. It, any guy who feels the need to say it is not. And as soon as Luis is like, oh, no, no, this isn't me. I, I'm, I'm a good guy. I really am. Yeah. Yep. Sure you are, Luis. Anyway, um, yes, Luis's undead wife or infected wife, if you will, who is still very pregnant, um, he has to give birth to it because he's worried, of course, that the baby, you know, could potentially catch the virus or, you know, whatever. Iris obviously instantly is like, well, what if the baby's already dead? Like, what is the point of all this? Your, your, you know, your wife is obviously infected. Um, she calls him out on it and he basically attacks her. Uh, he, he tries, he, she, he tries to strangle her. She, she grabs a knife, uh, trying to get Luis to tell him where he hit her daughter, but Luis is not relenting. He's basically saying she's fine, she's safe, which, you know, obviously in the back of all of our heads, we're like, oh, shit, you know, so, um, and they basically have to go and take care of the wife. Unfortunately, they, they don't want to do it in the room that she's currently locked in because she's making too much noise because, as, as I said, she is an infected. She's screaming at the top of her goddamn lungs. Um, so, of course, her mouth is gagged, but she's still screaming very loudly, everything else. So um, they end up and yes, my friends, they do end up having a birthing scene. Uh, the, the wife actually does end up giving birth to a child to a CG monstrosity. Um, I, I don't know. And, and maybe one of the co-hosts here could kind of chime in, but. 
I, like, I couldn't tell what the fuck was going on with that baby. That was the biggest newborn I've ever seen. That baby looked like he was already two foot tall. He was Chris that's, Griffin. I thought, that's why I, I thought she, he was already infected. That's what I thought at first, too. That was, that was, my initial thought was, based on the size, it's already infected. That whole thing was for not, and then he would have to, you know, shoot both him and the, the mother. I yeah, thought that was, I thought that would have been the original goal. Yeah, that's kind of what I yeah, thought. Yeah, but they, they kind of hinted that it was going to happen because you skipped over the full scene. Oh, no, no, I'll get to it. <laughs> no, because it happened when, you know, when the baby, before the baby was born. Right. And the, the zombie was smelling the stomach because he knew that it was not infected. That's how they knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I almost, saw, I almost thought they were leading towards like the mom ripping her own kid out of her stomach. Oh, that would have been interesting. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, the baby is born, but before this, yes, there is the pool scene that we've all kind of praised already. Um, basically what happens is early in the film, Iris, for some ungodly reason, I don't know why, but she decides to steal some smoke grenades, uh, some of those yellow smoke grenades, yellow, orange, whatever color you want to call that. Um, and she puts them in her bag. Obviously, it's foreshadowing for later, but I still don't know why she decided to grab these smoke, smoke bombs. But, you know, you whatever. Never know. Convenient plot points are convenient. So let's just go with that. And then the pool scene. Um, basically, as they are transporting Luis's wife to a, you know, a, a safer part of the facility, uh, they get to the pool and they are uh, basically Iris sees her husband and he's in the pool. The pool has no water in it, mind you. Um, this is a different pool from the earlier scene where we saw the zombie drown. Um, we see, um, I think, Javi, I think was his name. And we see him, you know, we, we recognize him from the scene earlier where he dropped off his daughter. He obviously has been attacked. He's bleeding profusely from the midsection. It's fairly obvious that he's about to die. Um, luckily, though, you know, like I said, since this is a living, you know, virus, um, it's not a reanimated corpse situation. So at least you don't have to worry about her husband popping back up as soon as he dies. So that's nice. But then they have a tender moment where he dies and they kind of have. Uh, a little goodbye, which really doesn't play all that well because we spend no time with this husband. Like I said, I wasn't even sure it was her husband until after he dies and Luis asks her, was that your husband? Like they don't really, obviously they have a child together and obviously it seems like they don't live together, which would make it seem like a divorce or separation situation, or maybe they were never married. You know, maybe well, I, I kind of know the backstory because I see it through the visuals of the movie. She tried to kill herself because she has scars on her hands when, you know, Louise shows her to show her hands. Right, right. Because they lost a baby. Yeah, yeah. Hadn't gotten to that yet. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah I know. Because <laughs> um, that's all in the third act reveal when we finally get all the background information on Iris. But, yeah. Um, so, like I said, uh, they are surrounded by infected in the pool. The pool is not filled with water. They end up... Uh, deciding to get into the pool mind you with no water in it and set off all these smoke grenades so basically as the infected people are coming into the pool area through the outside entrances all they see is smoke they don't see anyone to attack so at first they're just kind of docile just kind of walking around the pool area eventually one of them does kind of bump into Luis and starts to attack Luis Luis is able to defend himself 
Um, we get another situation where um, Iris trips over a pool noodle. And <laughs> <laughs> I love saying pool noodle. But anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> she trips over the pool noodle and gets attacked instantly by uh, an infected um, it's about to basically, you know, take a bite out of her and Luis is able to fire his gun. Now, Luis does have a gun this entire time, but he's smart. He doesn't want to set it off because he knows the noise will just attract more infected. But at this point, obviously, this particular infected is literally inches away from Iris's neck. So he goes ahead and pulls the trigger, which, of course, alerts all the other zombies to what's going on. So um, Luis and uh, Luis and uh, Iris and his wife are able to get away. Then we have the, the birthing scene. And then after the baby is born, we get this, you know, like I said, the gigantic CG baby that still cries like a normal baby. This I, is call, I called him Chris Griffin. Uh, you might as well. I mean, shit. Remember, that, remember, that, remember that episode of Family Guy when, you know, oh, right. <laughs> talking about Chris's birth and he's like, woman gives birth to elephant baby. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. But yeah, um, so yeah, after this big CG baby is born, but somehow is still crying like a normal human, uh, Luis does end up succumbing to his injuries and he unfortunately dies quietly. At the exact moment that Luis dies, our original infected is back on the scene. He somehow um, is able to follow. And, and these, you know, the, the description said that these were intelligent infected and they kind of are. I mean, they're, they're able to like, you know, use sound to kind of find their uh, people. Not that they can't see mm -hmm. or anything like that, but it, it's, you know, their hearing is obviously heightened while they're in this viral state. So uh, we actually get a great scene earlier in the film in a gym locker room where, Iris is trying to traverse this locker room to get to where her daughter is hidden. And she ends up running into infected that she didn't know were in there because they're being just as quiet as she is for some reason. They're not necessarily sneaking around or anything, but they are like, you can see they're making an effort to not make as much noise as your average shambling zombie, you know? So uh, kudos there, but yeah, that turns into a very tense scene to the point where the scene ends with Iris just turning around and seeing a female infected literally playing with a tennis ball, like bouncing it on the ground like she remembers <laughs> playing with it before. I thought that was a pretty cool scene. But then instantly, as soon as the infected turns around and sees Iris, all interest in the tennis ball goes right out the window. And she, of course, you know, gives chase to Iris. Uh, at this point, Iris is on her way to the boiler room because that is where... Um, uh, Luis told her that he had hidden her. So she is uh, down in the boiler room. Unfortunately, when Iris gets down there, what she ends up finding is her daughter's cast. Um, I forgot to mention that her daughter's arm was broken and she was wearing a cast throughout the film. When she gets down to the boiler room, she finds her daughter's cast ripped off, like not ripped off like by an animal, but it, it literally looks like a doctor took it off because it looks like it was sliced up the middle. Um, and then she's, you know, she's frantic looking for her daughter. And then what does she see? She sees the body of a little girl inside the furnace. And we get what is probably the most emotional scene in the movie. This scene actually hits because we've spent time with Iris. It wasn't like the husband where, you know, we spent all of three minutes with him and then he dies and I'm supposed to feel something. No, no, no. 
we we get a very emotional scene where it's actually even shot really well where mom is screaming but we don't hear it It, it's that cool effect where you know she's just screaming you know into the ether but all we hear is score all we hear is the score playing i i I really like when they do death scenes Mm -hmm. like that uh, you know, I, I don't need to hear another person crying on film ever again, but, you know, I'm sure that'll happen. So whatever. Um, and, you know, and, and this is where I start to dislike the movie, not because um, they per- perceptive, uh, perceived to have killed Iris. Uh, excuse me, not Iris, but the daughter, Miriam. Yeah. Um, but literally right after that big emotional breakdown of her. Um, you know, pretty much mourning her daughter's death and then trying to figure out, holy shit, did Luis actually kill my daughter? Because that's what a lot of us were thinking as we're watching the film. And no, literally right after that scene, she ends up finding her daughter in another part of the building. Apparently, one of the infected had gotten into the boiler room, so the daughter decided to run off to a different part of the building. And then she finds her and we get this big, you know, climactic reunion scene. And it's like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's cheap. I mean, because you got me to actually feel something for what was perceived to be Miriam's death. And then suddenly she's back alive and I'm just supposed to forget what I experienced in the last scene. It's like, no, nah, that's fucked up, guys. I understand you got to throw a swerve in there in movies every now and again to keep people interested. But that's uh, that's kind of a dirty one right there. You know, to make me feel something for this little girl that we just spent the last, you know, hour to an hour and a half with. And then 30 seconds later to find out, oh, that wasn't actually her. And then to get no explanation of who that little girl was. Who the fuck was that little girl? <laughs> you actually, I, I actually caught on earlier. They do they do show one of the early scenes. They show that there is a guy sneaking into the compound with his daughter. Right, right. Yeah, I remember that. But yeah, where, it's not Luis. So it's like, where's the guy? It's just it's one of those things where they just, you know, they put an idea in your head and then they don't finish it. They don't complete the idea and you're kind of left hanging as the viewer. Because I had a few questions like that by the end of the movie. Like, where's this guy? Or wait, what happened here? Or, you know, w- you know, we'll get to it anyway. So, yeah, um, Iris and Miriam are reunited. Uh, they go to try to get out. Um, and that's when they find. Uh, Luis and the baby, the baby's still alive, Luis is dead, and at the same time, as I mentioned, our main infected finds them, and we get, uh, basically, Iris starts to explain um, to her daughter, you know, what she needs to do, and here is, again, where we kind of get a little bit more reveal about the title of the movie. What happens is after one of these infected has a kill, after they kill someone, they basically just stand still or sit still for 32 seconds, exactly 32 seconds. I don't know if this is a cool down period, you know, like did they overheat and they have to cool down for 32 seconds? They're like Shin Godzilla? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't sure if it was an orgasm. I was At first, I actually thought it was morning. Like I actually, cause, cause the first time we see it is with the cat, with the cat kill. And we see that infected kind of just sit there on his knees, kneeling, staring down at the cat. And I started to think, wait a minute, is this guy mourning? Is it the kind of thing where they can't control what they're doing, but they are aware of where, of what they're doing? Kind of like the cured once again, um, as it turns out, nope, that's not the case. Um, <laughs> through her genius investigation skills, Iris 
um, through the use of security cameras with timestamps. You know, they've got the time code at the bottom of the screen. Um, through the use of that, she is the one who's able to figure out that uh, the, the the infected have a 32 second cooldown period, if you will, that you literally can walk right by them um, to the point that the infected are still cognizant. Like they'll look at you as you're walking by them. But for those 32 seconds, they don't do anything like like I said, it seems like it's some kind of cooldown period, whatever the case may be. Maybe that's how long it takes for them to get over the ecstasy of a kill. Who the hell knows? Again, no explanation. So it's up to the viewer. You make up your own reason. I'm going to go with orgasm. Quick question. What's up? Do you think when they stop, do you think Simon and Garfunkel, the sounds of silence, plays in all the zombies' heads? Only 32 seconds of it, though? God damn, that's I a good song. I would, my old friend. <laughs> I'd want more than 32 seconds. But, <laughs> yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, so hence the title of our movie. So back to our climactic final scene. Um, our main antagonist, Infected, has caught up to Iris and his daughter. Uh, Iris explains as quickly as she can to Iris, look, I want you to turn around and close your eyes. And as soon as you stop hearing any noise, turn around and run out of here. Don't look at anything. Don't do anything. Just run. This is where my frustration starts to come in, folks, because there's a scene earlier in the film where Iris has already figured out the whole 32-second thing. But she still, with her daughter in tow, still decides to tiptoe past a hallway full of these infected who just took out a bunch of rats. Basically, um, Iris had released a bunch of rats that were trapped in one of the offices. Um, the hallway was filled with infected. They all go and attack the rats, and then they have their 32-second cooldown. And... Folks, I don't know about you, but if I only have 32 seconds to get through a hallway of zombies, I I'm fucking hauling ass. I'm not tiptoeing and looking at them and making eye contact with every fucking one. Let me tell you, it was the longest 32 seconds ever. I should have timed it, actually, because there's no way. She actually had a cell phone with her with a timer on it, and I'm just like, no. Like, 30 seconds of movie would go by, but only four seconds on the timer would go by. It was, it was a bit much. But like I said, they're trying to drag out the tension. I understand that. What I don't understand is the decision to fucking take your time getting through this horde of zombies when you only have 32 seconds. It doesn't make sense. Um, oh, and also, Iris is a weapon dropper. That kind of, that makes total sense. After you watch the movie and realize all the mistakes that Iris has made through this movie, not only once, but twice, my friends. She gets the upper hand on an infected with a like with a lead pipe and on both occasions one very early in the film and then one later in the film she just drops the pipe and continues running of course you know mr venom screaming at the screen at this point but the, the thing is she's not the only weapon dropper louise actually did it at one point in the film too where he was able to take out one of the infected with like some kind of blunt object. I don't remember exactly what. And then instantly he drops the weapon. It's like, what is wrong with these people? Like, they don't seem to understand the world that they're living in at this point. I know it's new. You know, the outbreak just started. But for fuck's sake, stop dropping your goddamn weapons. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to our climax. Um, after Iris explains to Miriam what she needs to do, after you stop hearing noise, run out of here, Miriam then goes, or excuse me, Iris then goes and actually confronts uh, the infected, and they get into a, a fight, like an actual like fist fight. Unfortunately, Iris is not able to hold her own, and the infected 
kind of gets the advantage, gets the upper hand fairly. Oh, it's like the Undertaker fighting John Cena. Yeah, yeah, you could you could go with that. Uh, Undertaker fighting Shawn Michaels. Uh-oh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, basically, as expected, the infected does get the upper hand and just beats the living shit out of Iris to the point where we think she's dead. Um, mind you that, uh, you know, these infected people, they're not flesh eaters. They're not eating flesh. They're, they literally just attack the living and then move on to their next kill. That's literally all they live for at this point. So what happens is we see, and we see it in slow motion too. They really drag out this beating, but yeah, we basically see in the background while the camera is fixated on Miriam in the background, we see the infected, the main infected, uh, you know, just beating the living hell out of Iris over and over and over again until finally he's spent. He's completely spent and now starts the 32 seconds. Now, again, Iris once, uh, excuse me, Miriam, uh, the daughter, once she hears the noise stop, she does just like her mother says. She takes her, um, she gets up, takes her hands off her ears. But then she starts to walk out, and then she sees her mother on the ground, just covered in blood. And as it turns out, Iris is not dead yet. She's got she's had the shit beat out of her, but she ain't dead yet. And then they start a goddamn conversation, literally, with 32 seconds to get out of this fucking room. Iris and her daughter literally start a conversation of, no, no, you got to run. You got to go. Stop talking. Just go. Iris over and over again telling her daughter to go and her daughter. And I understand her daughter is like 10 years old. She's a little kid. I fucking understand this. But God damn it. How serious does a situation have to get before a kid just turns around and fucking runs? For God's sakes, run. <laughs> Whatever. OK, so obviously the timer is running out. Um, you know, we see like Iris's phone, um, you know, she's not actually holding it, but we see kind of the image of it and the timer running down and the little girl, instead of running, decides to pick up a nail gun, which at first I thought was a staple gun. I'm thinking, what, what are you going to staple the fucking infected? That's not going to do shit to him. As it turns out, it was a, it was actually a very small nail gun. Um, and literally just as the 32-second timer, of course, it's a movie. They're trying to build up the tension. Literally as the 32-second timer expires, Iris pulls the trigger and kills our main antagonist. You marry him. Yep. And guess what, folks? That's the fucking end of our movie. All we get after that is a scene of Iris and Miriam just kind of walking out of the building. And it's like, well, wait a minute. This city is fucking bombarded with a horde of these infected, but they killed the one infected that was chasing them and the movie's over. And I'm just like, uh, okay, I, I guess that's one way to end it. Yeah. And that's, that's literally it, folks. Uh, you know, I, I love the final fight, that, that that whole final sequence between Iris and the and, you know, our main infected. I thought that was all great. But then, you know, all the frustration with, you know, dilly dallying when you've only got 32 seconds. And and the second time, like I said, since Iris did have the or since Miriam had the wherewithal to pick up the nail gun and kill the infected guy. I'll give her a little bit of credit for that one, but the hallway scene still frustrates the shit out of me. Nothing, nothing will ever defend Iris, Iris's decision to fucking tiptoe through that hallway, literally with like a dozen infected guys in there. But you know, whatever. You, you forgot the most important part of the ending, though. Oh, uh, what's that? The zombie learns to swim. 
Oh, that's right. That, that our, It's not really a post-credit scene. It's right before the credits start. But yeah, we basically, the camera goes back to the original zombie that drowned when Luis and uh, Iris first met. And the camera is just kind of zooming in on them. Uh, obviously, it's a horror movie, so we know something has to happen. And then, yeah, the zombie literally twitches and he looks like he starts to swim towards the, the edge of the pool. And then that's the end of our movie closing credits. So they're not safe in the boats. <laughs> so they're not even safe in the boats. Even And honestly, um, that final shot of the entire city, that kind of overflow, that, you know, once again, another drone shot of the city to end the movie shows the harbor basically on fire. Like it, it does show that a few of the boats were able to get out and are pulling away. But we see like a couple of bigger boats, like a cruise liner or whatever, that's actually like on fire. And we see people running around the docks. So it seems like everybody had that brilliant idea of, you know, using the water to try to avoid these things. But as the end of the movie shows, they're probably fucked anyway. And that's the way a zombie movie should end. No hope at all, because that's what would happen. Zombie movies with happy endings just don't work for me. And Though this one does have a happy ending in the sense that Iris and Miriam are reunited and they are able to get out of that building, they still have to deal with an entire city full of, you know, uh, infected maniacs. So it's just a weird choice to end the movie there. It's like, oh, okay, you killed the one main infected, but it's over. Whatever. I mean, you know, I'm not going to bitch too much, but I am going to bitch because... This this was a good movie, and like I said, if if they had attack, you know, maybe tacked on another another five minutes, like maybe an epitaph scene of some kind, um, either years later or maybe just later that day, just something. It, it just feels unfinished to see Iris and Miriam just kind of walking down the street. And mind you, this is after Iris got the living hell beat out of her by that infected um, guy. I'm trying really hard not to say zombie, but it keeps slipping out. So whatever. Um, but yeah, folks, that's it. That's Virus 32. And a they good have a movie, baby. but you know, yeah, I mean, a good movie, but one that no one will probably be talking about after next week, unfortunately. Unfortunately, you never, for yeah. them. You never know. <laughs> I mean, you never know. There's definitely an audience for this movie, the kind of slower paced zombie movie that's not a gore fest. You know, there is a market for this. I'm sure there's a lot of people that like this movie. Hell, there's going to be a lot of people that like this movie more than The Sadness and more power to them if that's the case. But, uh, yeah, I'll save it for next week, folks. <laughs> I'm chomping at the bit to talk about that movie, but I'm, I'll, do the respon- I'll, I'll do the responsible thing and wait. <laughs> I know. It, it, it's really tough to not just want to say the sadness did this better. Sadness did this better, but <laughs> kind of, yeah. I don't want to disrespect this movie like that, but ultimately, that is the truth. Like I said, the the fact that the sadness came out last year, maybe even 2020 for a festival run, and then here in 2022, we get you know what looks like a discount version of that film this time in Spanish instead of Korean. So, yeah, go figure. But still watchable. I still do recommend it, folks. If you if if you're still with us. Um, and you haven't seen this, I would still recommend it. It, it sounds like all of us do. Yeah, um, I, I don't think the flaws are really that detrimental or that crippling, but it's just one of those where the main thing that I find with this one is just, you know, the phrase, the sadness did it better. And that's unfortunate that, you know, that's the main thing I have with it is that, yeah, there's some great action in here. There's some great set pieces, but 
yeah, there's better scenes than the sadness. And, you know, like I was mm-hmm. saying earlier, they're comparable. They look comparable. So you can say that there's probably, you know, at least close enough in, you know, budgetary wise to say that because of that, I think the sadness just does it so much better that it just kind of leaves this one just in the dust kind of. Yep. Unfortunately, that is the case. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even say just the sadness. Most. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Twenty-eight yeah. days later, I mean, even I hate to say it, but even World War Z, and I, I fucking hate World War Z because of how much I love the book. I, I can't stand that movie. That I, I, I try not to even acknowledge that movie exists. But even that movie kind of did this concept a little bit better, at, at least on a bigger scale. Uh, you know, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, yeah, I know, but it, it was a big Hollywood movie. It did look really nice, even though I didn't like the story. Oh, and yeah, I, the CGI and zombies were great. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of other shots that I thought were really cool. I, I'm, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of CG, but you know, how else are you going to do ten thousand zombies? You know, tr- climbing a, a you know hundred foot wall. <laughs> You know, CG is going to be pretty much your only option. But, yeah. Get ready uh, for next week, folks. That's all we can say. Watch this movie, because after next week, you probably won't want to. I Well, that's going to do it for this movie discussion and episode. But let's find out what we got from everybody else. So, Venom, where can people hear you? All right, so um, it looks like we'll have the main show recording this coming Sunday. Uh, that is episode, what, 46? 46 or 47, somewhere in that range. 700. Yeah, I wish. Um, <laughs> Other way uh, works, you know. And these are, for this episode, these are going to be my picks, and I decided to look at a couple of spring break horror films. Yes, I know it's May and spring break is in March, but it's my show, so shut up. Uh, and we are, of course, going to be looking at 2009's The Ruins and 2010's Atrocious out of Spain, uh, a more uh, definitely a lesser known found footage horror film out of Spain. It's, you know, it's not wreck by any stretch of the imagination, but um, it, it's set during spring break. So it kind of fits my criteria. So, yeah, we'll be looking at that on the next episode of the main show. On the next episode of Creature Comforts, which we'll actually record the following Sunday after that, or potentially this weekend, we'll have to see, uh, we're going to be looking at Cloverfield. Yeah, um, a look at a big, big theatrical release that actually made a lot of money and actually got a lot of critical praise and fan praise as well. So that's going to be a good episode, and we'll actually have a guest for that. Um, I'll let Derek announce who our guest will be for that one, since he was the one who kind of set that uh, appearance up. Um, and that's about it for me, unfortunately, guys. Not a whole lot of podcasting going on in my world. Now, who'd have thought, man, four years ago I was on like double digit shows and now I'm struggling to find more stuff to talk about. Go figure. <laughs> All right. How about you, Dawn? Uh, yeah, um, as mentioned, we are looking forward to uh, Creature Comforts just because I'm finally going to shit on a film that I've uh, been dying to shit on for a while. <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, be prepared. I'll say that. Um, <clears throat> as for uh, my main show, Horror Countdown Podcast, we our latest episode, uh, we did our first director retrospective, and who better to do that with than Dario Argento? So uh, me and uh, Suzanne from uh, NFW, we got together and did our top 10 favorite Dario Argento films. 
So that was um, an absolute blast and uh, had a lot of fun with that. And then uh, to continue the Argento-a-thon that we had with that, um, I can finally say after almost two months of uh, promoting and uh, sharing it out loud, uh, it's finally available. Um, my appearance on the House That Screams podcast, uh, we finally were able to record our episode looking at the original Suspiria, which uh, we had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, you can find that on uh, pretty much all platforms. Uh, they're, uh, I think they're like me. They have their show everywhere. So uh Go ahead and uh, look that out. I think there's uh, been an episode in between uh, just because it was released just after we recorded um, last week's show. So mine was like, I think the day or the next day. So I didn't have a chance to really say anything about it because I didn't know the release schedule. And then um, by the time you hear this, there's going to be another episode. Uh, There there should be like another episode or two in there. So um I uh, go if you want to uh, go ahead and find that out, but uh, I think that's it for me. I think I've just got a couple of extra recordings this month, so uh, I think that's pretty much it. All right, Derek, let everybody know where they can hear you right now. Right now, the only thing I have out is the Cinema Attack episode that actually just dropped today, where we looked at the ritual and no one gets out alive. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to recording Creature Conference. I think I'll leave the suspense of the guests just for now. We'll suspend it. Get the suspense <laughs> going. You know? I like it. You know, and, you know, I'm just going to leave you off with this, listeners. Oh, yeah. Nice. Jake the Snake. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, I guess if it goes to me, I really have nothing, so yeah, just keep tuning in for Fresh Cuts and the main show. So, yeah, if you haven't figured out by now, we're doing the sadness next week. Actually, all of May is pretty much yep. scheduled in already just because of timing with theatrical releases, and we have what three episodes left. So, other than the sadness, there's two movies coming out in theaters to take up the rest of the month. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and then we'll look forward to you know previewing, I guess, the June schedule once it gets closer. But um, I think that's it. So, with that said, we're gonna get out of here. We will be back next week with our next episode on the sadness. So, and yeah, it will be on Shutter before we record. So, I highly advise everybody checking it out. Um, I think on the 12th it lands, and that's three days. Probably by the time you're hearing this, two days away. So check it out. It's not that long of a movie either, so it it should be a quick uh, watch to fit in. Will be 32 seconds, though. (laughs) A tad longer than that, but for good reason. (laughs) Yes, quite. (laughs) Yep, all right. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening listening oh we will catch you next time oh, let's say bye to the listeners later bye. and once again ladies if he says he's a good guy he absolutely is not so you run just fucking run peace <laughs>